June 9th, 2008, is the Watt from Pedro show.
June 9, 2008, a sunny, very California-like day here in Brighton, England. It's a lot like Pedro, not just weather, but we're by the sea. And like Pedro, I got to kayak. But first time ever for me to kayak in England. And first time for me to ever kayak in ocean besides Pacific. It was the English Channel part of Atlantic Ocean. And we started off there with Ascension, second version, Mr. John Coltrane. And then we heard Ready, Steady, Go by Hamilton Yarns, and uh, which is from a band, my guest here, Mr. Ian. How'd I? Yeah. Uh, is part of. That's right. What can you tell us about that tune? Uh, the tune. Yeah, it was kind of inspired by... Uh, flatmate of mine Sam he kept ready steady going on his long haul flights and uh, I don't know I think I wrote the tune maybe when he was out of the country but it was just like on tour yeah it was just like a little ditty for Sam and that's why uh, Sam features on it Um, oh Sam's playing yeah he's he's the voice he's the the main voice on that so uh, yeah it's just about long haul flights 
Now the Sam in question is with Sam Duke, and I'm in the pad right now where he lives. Seeing lives, uh, Anton. Yeah, and Marion. And Marion. So there's yeah. four folks here in Brighton. Uh, what part of Brighton would you call this? Uh, so downtown. <laughs> downtown Brighton. Okay. And the reason I'm here is well, I played in uh, Leuven, Belgium, day before yesterday with Stooges. And next gig is Isla White. So that was a whole week in between. So I thought, whoa, what should I do? Here's an opportunity to record with Miss Sam. So I came down here and took a train. Uh, tomorrow, the next day, and the day after that, I'm going to try to put as much bass and drums uh, recorded for a project uh, we call Cuz. And... Uh, in the meantime, yeah, right at the beginning here, got to paddle, and now uh, meet Ian. I mean, we've played some Hamilton Yarns before on this show, and now I get to, uh, yeah, uh, have a spiel with uh, the man behind it. Mm. Now, uh, how'd you get into music? Um, well, I had a few attempts at playing the guitar when I was a teenager, but it was difficult. And so I sort of packed it in until... Um, until I started making sort of films and videos at college and this was like when you had sort of analogue video stuff where you could twiddle the knobs and it would speed the tape up and you could have three at once so they're all speeding up or slowing down and you end up forgetting about what's on the screen and just listening to these amazing sped up, slowed down sounds, you know, and I really got into making recording sounds and just Forgot, forget about the image for a little while and I think gradually just started bringing instruments back into that world you know like guitars and right. drums and what made you want to start the guitar in the first place uh, did you listen to bands hear records yeah yeah when I was younger I was into I was into music you know but I think for a long time especially when I was a little kid you know when I was about eight years old yeah. I loved music and we used to listen you know we used to tape Top of the Pops off the telly like yeah. every Thursday with a little tape recorder And but I think a lot of it for me was uh, maybe at that age a lot of kids are like that a lot of it I didn't associate kind of an activity of playing with the joy of listening and looking at these like pop stars you know ah. it was only late and much later that I started thinking in terms of you know this is people who've picked things up and are creating a sound with that with that instrument um, <coughs> so I was quite I don't know I got into it quite late really I mean I work with young kids doing music so I'm exposed to like 8, 9, 10 11, 12 year olds who are really good at their instrument and really it's a really important part of their identity so yeah, yeah, I, I, I feel I got into it pretty late, really. Well, probably the days were different then. Yeah, uh, I think so. How old are you now? Well, I'm 35 now. Yeah, so we're talking 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the 80s is so, a lot about style and image, and almost, at least for the mainstream, which is what you're exposed to a lot, you know, the early 80s as a, an eight, nine-year-old kid. Uh, a lot of what you see is this kind of glitz and glam. It's not something you think apart from getting out the dressing up box it's not something you feel you can aspire to musically it's more about parading around in makeup and your mum's clothes or something right, right. <laughs> you know? and, but nowadays you think it's a di- little different for younger people yeah I don't know I, I, I think the young people that I've mixed with and worked with they seem quite 
confident in approaching music you know in the way that they hear it like okay get a guitar get a bass you know not so much a dress up no no not really I think it's more there's less of a divide you know between what you see and what you can do and I'm sure like through time there's been loads of those phases and there there has you know if you look back over punk music you know 60s punk music whatever rock rock and roll and stuff yeah. I'm sure a lot of teenagers looked at that and could see instantly yeah I could actually do that you know um, but yeah the, the 80s were different <laughs> at least what the TV shows you was very different yeah yeah, yeah. so you're going to go back to guitar because uh, this film pushing you into the music of sounds mm. and experiment and so I'm going to bring instruments back you're still yeah. a teenager was I still now I was probably about like early 20s okay. you know and um, through school yeah I mean at school I listened to a lot of music like a lot of young people do and preoccupied by music and the style and all this stuff but yeah I don't know I'm quite into the idea of sort of retiring into the world of music as a an older person <laughs> you know I feel that it will get it feels more and more relevant to me like the older I get rather than escaping me you know what I mean like yeah, yeah, the yeah. useful idea of rock and roll or whatever I feel what I'm getting into especially with a lot of improvisation and just making tunes and recording and stuff it feels more and more relevant to me the older I get somehow. I think I, I get less bothered about the whole style thing or what people might think of it and, and I think that's I don't know I think for what I'm doing it's quite important because the, the kind of world at large doesn't really nod um, approvingly at it. Yeah, yeah. Particularly, you know. It's I mean, that's what you got to now. Back then in your early 20s when you're bringing back in the instruments, uh, you make a band or you like just making music on your own? Well, I did a bit of both. Uh, you know, I was at art college and I, and I mm-hmm. rounded people up and we used to jam. And, um, yeah, what was your first band? Well, we had this... Um, we had... But when I was when I was younger, about seventeen, we had this group we, that we called. Oh wow! So yeah. are you you're not doing the film yet? No, no. But it was, it didn't really work, and you know, I had this acoustic guitar with a pickup on, and it always sounded so bad through an amp, and the action was really high on the guitar, and my fingers hurt. You know, it, was, yeah, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't flowing. You know what I mean? But you had a band. Yeah, we, were you well, writing your own songs? Yeah, and we played right just at friends, like we just jammed. And do you have a name? Yeah, we called Beat Girl. Which Deep is after girl. a film, like this kind of 60s film. Okay. <laughs> and, um, yeah. But then I did start doing stuff on my own, just really very privately with tape recorders. and. This is after the film? Well, experience. kind of at the same time, oh, really. Okay. You know, but I didn't play it to anyone. Maybe my sister or something. Okay. But it was the kind of more like what I'm into doing now, in a way, sort of come full circle. Just wow. funny little tunes and stuff. Did um, you make a band, though? Uh, no, at that point, no, I was very much like, you know, didn't play any of that to anyone. So you're just making music for yourself? Yeah, yeah, on a tape recorder sort of thing. But this Hamilton Yarns, right, what we just heard, yeah. now that was a band. When, yeah, When yeah. did they come around? Well, that was, we first started um, 2002. Um, yeah. Oh, so that's late spring. 20s. So between the early 20s and the late 20s, you're just making music for yourself. Yeah, like electronic stuff and sort of on the four track and yeah, yeah. but I think when I came out of you know came out of art college which is an environment where 
a lot of support creatively and stuff. Yeah, right. And I moved back to my hometown. Ah, oh, where are you from? From a town called Shrewsbury, which is in Shropshire, kind of near Wales. Oh, yeah, the West. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was a bit of a ghost town in, a way, in terms of creativity. And But I just got really busy with just connecting up tape recorders and recording and mucking around in the living room with objects and yeah, toy yeah. instruments. And I, I was probably, yeah, I was quite productive, really. But I ended up moving down to Brighton because there wasn't really, you know, you want to connect at some point with some other people in that way. And that's where the Hamilton Yards... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Brighton pretty much has always had a music scene, huh? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't know what was going on Prince Regent days, you know, but I'm sure... <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they had some bands around. Okay. But here you meet some musicians, and so you've got to go yeah, play yeah. Uh, with others. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, there's, there's good... I mean, why'd you pick good. Brighton and not London? Well... It was either, I think when I moved, it was either Brighton or Edinburgh, you know. I didn't even oh, think about London. Okay. I, I've never lived in London, and I know people who do and I visit, but I don't have any desire to be there. It's too, yeah, yeah. It's too buzzy. Even when there's nothing happening, you feel like something happening. <laughs> I'd rather know when there is or isn't, you know. Okay. In Edinburgh, but, that's a trip. Yeah, I mean, I've never, I've never lived there, actually, but it was just somewhere that I just thought, it sounds nice, you know. Yeah, I've played Scotland, there a few times. I like it. I mean, I, I I would like to live in Scotland just to, for access to the hills, you know, because yeah, I love yeah. it up there. The, right, beautiful. The West Coast, so you keep going for a few hours. It's amazing. So, but you're up in Brighton, and how'd you meet the Cats? Uh, who become your... It's your first band. Yeah, well, you know... Since it, this... Um, Letting go of the acoustic guitar with the pickup and the high action, yeah. <laughs> and then the uh, introverted self-study. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was still I moved to Brighton. And I was still yeah. doing all that electronic, right? Sort of uh, twinking around with toys and stuff. Mike, contact mics, the world of contact mics. And I, um, I'd made I made a tape, and somebody got hold of the tape, and they got me to play a gig, which I was very nervous about, but I did it and. Solo, yeah, and then I I kind of met people through doing that, and but yeah, to kind of whiz through all that that world, I think I just got to a point where I was just really sick of, um, you know, like big to little adapters and four way plugs and all that stuff. You just <laughs> you just can't find the right adapter, and so you just think, what about that acoustic guitar? You know, that's just sitting there. I could just do that. That's easy. Right. No electricity. It was almost you know because it was an acoustic thing when we started so it was yeah. like we don't plug into anything you know and that was so liberating and who's in that first man well it was, it was me and Alistair who's still in Hamilton Yarns mm-hmm. um, you know I guess essentially it's me and him plus other people who floated in and out and so it, like the core yeah I mean it ended up like that just because we were the only ones who kind of stuck at it but what was that first version who was with the uh, you and that was yeah me and Alistair and a guy called Richard he played saxophone um, what was Alistair on? Sorry? What did Alistair do? Alistair, well, Alistair played what he plays now, really, mainly cornet. Um, so it's cornet, acoustic guitar, and saxophone. Yeah, and like, you know, I was playing the drum with my feet and stuff like that. So it's kind yeah. of. Yeah. Um, but now Alistair does loads of writing on piano and stuff. So a lot of the, so half the stuff is kind of what he's written on piano. And yeah, yeah. Okay. 
You got some stuff from those early Hamilton Yarn days? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Let's listen to some. from Pedro show uh, that was we danced and danced uh, Hamilton yarns and um, I got Ian here we got more to talk about but we're at the end of the first hour June 9 2008 Wild from Pedro show hold tight for hour two June 9 2008 so Wild from Pedro show uh, here in Brighton England I'm here with Ian and uh, ran out of time there at the first hour uh, 
but we played something from the very beginning days of Hamilton Yards, mm. right? Something called uh, We Danced and Danced, and uh, it's like one of the first things you recorded. Yeah, it was, I mean, when we got together, um, I, I guess I instigated it, and then I'd started trying to write tunes on the guitar, which is, began as kind of little, I don't know, maybe a 40-second thing that I liked and then I realised that you can make a song by that other 40 second bit you like you can stick them together and ah, if you do it again, <laughs> it's like you've got what 120 can, seconds yeah and it, in conventional terms you know you, you're getting towards making a song and that felt really exciting because I kind of you know it's people who make songs it, that seems kind of rudimentary but when you don't it's when you've just spent a lot of time twiddling around with sort of you know, um, toys and things that make bleepy noises. Ah, what well, you were doing on yeah, your own. Yeah, the idea of making a song feels like quite an ambitious thing. And, and, you're, and you're working with Alistair and Rich, right? Yeah, For the yeah. first time, so you're like, it's not just for yourself. And, and you met them by them coming to your gig? I've met, yeah, Richard, yeah, because he was into doing sort of improvised, more sort of um, what noise kind of freestyle stuff, improv yeah. stuff. Um, and I actually played with him once you know he played saxophone and I, I kind of just played loads of noisy things which was good you know but he's a nice guy anyway which is the main thing and Alistair I'd, I'd heard him playing cornet and he, I just really liked I liked him I still do like the way he plays it's very subtle breathy yeah. kind of yeah it's got humour so. <laughs> so this we dance and dance yeah well that features both um, yeah the kind of the setup we had then really and there was no overdubs it was just what we had which was a, you know I was playing the drum and the cymbal and the guitar and singing and they played the cornet and the like, soprano sax. and this 2002 yeah yeah and that was the first thing and originally it was like it's a nice idea to do a recording project you know let's record some you songs. didn't do a gig yet no we, we were just I mean it was just like yeah. get together and I seem to remember that actually asked a few other people to come along but no one else came yeah and I was a bit gutted you know because oh, yeah. I thought we were going to have this violin player and but in retrospect I'm so glad it was like that you, you know, stripped down yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely um, yeah yeah so uh, okay when do you think of the name <laughs> I know this is corny but when do you yeah. think of the name Hamilton Yarns well Hamilton's my middle name yeah and um, you know all these days like in the 80s watching Top of the Pops Adam and the Ants and stuff right. you know the, around that time the name Hamilton was just really not cool at all and my sister used to just kind of take the piss out of me for having right, this stupid right. name it's a bit kind yeah, of but you didn't pompous you know and uh, all birthday cards would be written to Ian Hamilton and you know and I resisted this for so long and then I think just a couple of years or a year before we actually did this band Hamilton Yons I had this real kind of like Embracing of my middle name, like yeah, I like that name. It's it's ridiculous. It's good, and um, and Yarns. I mean, my first name's Ian, and it's funny actually. Sam here, who I live with, he had a phase of calling me Yarn, you know, because it's like Yarn. What, like Eon? Yarn, yeah. Oh yeah, like <laughs> like a last syllable. Yeah, but also the Yarns thing it appealed to my uh, I don't know cottagey aesthetic of like balls of wool and stuff you know <laughs> so yeah. and it was like sto the idea stories. was it was stories oh, yeah, right. they weren't 
necessarily strong literal stories but it was definitely this idea of like let's do some music that has it got has got a beginning and an end you know in the middle rather than just a kind of swirl yeah yeah you know absolutely chaotic thing it's like yeah let's get let's get conventional here was there other people doing music like you were doing here in Brighton um I mean were you listening to other cats trying mm, a little bit no no no. (laughs) you guys were like the lone voice yeah I mean I'm sure I'm sure there were people doing stuff but I never I never heard it and uh, was it records or stuff this was just a homebrew thing you Alice from Richard yeah 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 we just made you know I mean other people like records maybe not people doing gigs oh listening to records because sometimes you think of Mm. coming out of a scene but sometimes it's reaction against the scene well I think it was probably more like that in a way I think at the time there was still a lot of people doing rock bands you know drum kit electric guitars bass um, yeah (laughs) and uh, yeah we had no bass we have got a (laughs) bit of bass you were playing that kick drum yeah there's the bass that's all you need but the thing about bass I mean I love bass but it's relative isn't it you know like oh, yeah. if you play to sort of thumb piano or something yeah. the relative low frequency feels so low yeah, until right. you then hear something really low and then it feels <laughs> high you know so as long as you don't ever put the bass in people will think it's bassy you know <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah so we've got you know that's, that's fine you don't need a bass uh, so yeah, all you bass players looking for job protection. <laughs> no, <what the? laughs> but I love playing. No relative bass. you out. Yeah. But that, no, no. No, it's a acoustic thing. Mm-hmm. That was a liberating thing, you know, you don't have to plug anything in. What about stand up? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, tea chest or something. That'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> so Jimmy Garrison <laughs> Paul Chambers <laughs> yeah give it a go you know <laughs> they're not still around so uh, we're going to hear something now um, Future Man Primal Man mm-hmm. and this is Hamilton Yards down the road a little yeah, bit yeah this is our last well, this, this, this is, is most recent yeah show. it's off our last uh, CD that we did um, which is a double CD and one was called Future Man and one was called Primal Man um, yeah so you put them together yeah you know a bit of contrast goes back to that beginning <laughs> idea you got one bit you yeah, got another yeah. bit yeah future man prime man say so, yeah 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 let's listen <laughs>
Watt from Pedro Show. Started off uh, the second hour here with Future Man, Primal Man by Hamilton Yarns. And then we heard Bold, Blue, and Bright, the DJ Scotch Egg remix by Sam Duke. And then Best by Hamilton Yarns. And, um, yeah, Best. Mm, Best. Yeah, it's, well, when I picked that song, I, I sort of wish that I'd done a bit of research, which I've been planning to do, because uh, I think this is the way with, like, writing yarns, you know, writing yarns that are quite loose and sometimes a bit abstract, and often the ideas come from really uh, varied places. For example, Bess came from a line in a book which is called Cycling Around Britain, and it's just... Um, really nice looking little cheap paperback book with two cyclists on the front and uh, it's just about various places around Britain and there's one line in it which said Bess wrote a message on the window with a diamond and yeah the research <laughs> yeah the research that I, I wish I had done or maybe people out there kind of understand this better than me is firstly like who was Bess <laughs> she's on a bike yeah well I think I actually think Bess Bess refers to uh, one of our queens of the past and uh, I do believe there was a character called Tom so this the song which is about Bess kind of being in a tower or in a lo- at least in a building locked up and scratching a, a message on the window with a diamond which a message is asking to be rescued and Tom comes along and rescues Bess so Tom was on the boat <laughs> well, it does say in the song that he rose, you know, rose back from the stables. I imagine the horse bit could easily be a bike. Okay. I mean, maybe it was like a, I don't know, Honda 50cc, you know, really. Oh, cycling like motorcycling. No, I, I, don't, I don't know. But this is the problem when you kind of pick stuff from right, right. everywhere. Uh, is that, or let's say it's a problem, but it's actually quite interesting because it can get you to look into something like... Where actually did that come from? What right, right. Um, I haven't Spark done it yet. curiosity. Yeah, but I'm gonna. That's my okay. plan. So, so for me, it was just like a archetypal sort of story. You know, damsel in distress. Yeah, blah, blah, yeah, yeah. And at the end, they go off great, and it's just. I was a, happy. I did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then, yeah, that's that's just the end of the song. I don't know what actually happened after that. So, could have been tragic. <laughs> okay, mystery. Yeah, yeah, mystery. And then uh, you know a little about Sam. Well, Sam's cooking up chow now, so he can't speak for himself. Yeah. But you knew something about him with DJ Scotch Egg. They're um, working together. Well, yeah, they they're both doing this project called Same Things, which is is great. Yeah, it's good. It's like it's kind of like whatever whatever they want to do. Which a game boy involved. Not really. I mean, like, because okay. Shige, Scott Shaggy does a lot of that, but the two of them together seem to be doing more stuff like instruments and just there's no there's no defining style, and uh, I like that in music. Yeah, well, when you came to Brighton, when did you meet Sam? Right away? Uh, no, it was a f- probably a few years. I, I went to see his band at the time, Lurlux, um, and I met a girl who's really into Lurlux. So I used to go and see Lurlux. And I didn't, I didn't know kind of how to digest that music at the time. I think I'm a bit behind the times, but like now I love it. It's brilliant. 
But at the time, I didn't get it. I don't know what I was listening to. Probably just some noisy imp- improv kind of stuff. But were you thinking, man, Sam's got to be in Hamilton Yarns? Yeah, well, you know, he, he sung on Ready, Steady, Go. He sung on Future Man, Primal Man. Yeah, he's, he's the one voice that's in tune on that, I think. And, uh, yeah, so we rope him in because he's, he's got good high register. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> so. He does. Um... Yeah, I'm thinking. When you're doing the band, are you thinking of what people can bring to the party around your core? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's almost like... I think, because me and Alistair are quite... We're quite happy to lend, kind of, put a hand to anything. And uh, it's not what... What we're looking for is not excellent musicality. It's more like appropriateness or inventiveness so you know Alistair will play percussion he'll play piano or cornet and, and he'll sing I mean that is a real Marion's singing here Marion? yeah can you hear her singing something? No, I think she's upstairs I Marion? Marion? yeah I mean, I was, that's, that's funny he's talking about singing that was an important shift really is uh, and also a fundamental thing when I kind of ask people to play is are you willing to sing? You know, not are you a good singer, but are you willing to use your voice? You know, because we might want a character, and I can't. We can't be every character. You know. Yeah. I don't want to put on a kind of female voice if it's a female character or whatever. Right. So, um, so in that respect, yeah, like, you know, what are you willing to do that, and um, are you relaxed enough to just maybe play a shaker for three minutes and then sit there and then make and clap, push some instruments over? You know, like. You don't have to be a virtuoso musician. It's more like the approach, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like, um, yeah, that was Anton putting his head through the window asking yeah. if uh, Marion was in here singing. Well, because we recently we wrote Marion into the band and she came to London and played a gig with us for the first time, you know. And uh, she's great. She's got a really nice, natural voice. She's French. So it's uh, you got a song English. right here? Oh, no, we haven't... Rec- we're no, going to record it, yeah, okay. another time, but... Um, but just gig, so far. Yeah, yeah, but that that's good, you know, it's kind of like, if someone's living in the house, yeah, we might rape them in, you know, because <laughs> we're here, we're playing, it's like, well, why don't you have a go? It's part of the deal, yeah. you're going to live here, you might be in the band. Yeah. Uh, is Rich still playing with you? No, he's moved. He's in the countryside now, near Bristol. Okay, when, he, when did he leave? He left after two... Well... If we do it in terms of albums, because we generally record at least one a year, um, I would say albums, they can be short, like the first one was half an hour, you know, that, but that was the end of that phase. Yeah. So it was like, right, that's that, over, next phase. So he was there for two phases. Two like, phases. Two albums. Um, now, when he leaves, the band kind of changes. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, you know, in fact, yeah, it changed and we... We got another person in, a girl called Caroline, who played the flute and sung. So that was nice. That was like the first time we had a girl's voice. It's like, yeah. We and got they, some and of that? Um, I have, yeah. yeah Let's I've play some of that. You used 
this trophy wide The wind picks up quick And your boat is capsized You're going down, down to the sink Away from the sky
lot from Pedro Show. Uh, we just heard Born to Go Reminder, Hamilton Yarns. That's Ian's uh, uh, equivalent of birthday. Yeah, it's, it's, it's my. I think I came up with it, that phrase, on a birthday card for someone, and I quite liked it. Born to Go Reminder. So I called the song it. Also, you had the song and then came up with the title. Yeah. Yeah, well, I had the title, but it wasn't a title. That's it's interesting. A, How do you do things? Do you have title first and then the song, or other no, way around? No, it's always always a song yeah, first, then the title. Yeah, always a song and then the words. Although the words might be in a book somewhere on the other side of the house, right. and they'll join up the song with the, the song one day. Majority of my songs, they start with the title. All right, because it gives fine. me a focus. Yeah, maybe that's. And sometimes I change it. Yeah, <laughs> later on. After, but even before the music, a lot of yeah. times I come up with the title uh, first because no, it gives okay. me a fo- it goes back to Minutemen days. I just mm. I had to have focus because I was I didn't really write songs till punk. Mm. My first song or my only song as a teenager was called Mr. Bass King Outer Space, and obviously that's about inferiority complex. <laughs> uh, bass players was real low in the hierarchy mm. of seventies uh, music. And uh, yeah, I was reflecting on that. Yeah. It's about me basically playing some bass solo on stage. Yeah. The rest of the band is just <laughs> made tiny. <fires>. Yeah, <laughs> it's like ridiculous. So embarrassed. Luckily, uh, there's I no recording it. of it, and I, oh. I can't even remember the words or the That's music. A shame. Um, well, that last one, Born yeah. a Gay Reminder, is quite. Is, um, I mean, like we never have, we've never had a bass, but um, what Richard, that was phase two, if you like. Um, I know we're getting into this chronological thing, but we just flip back yeah. a bit to phase two. Richard's involvement when I was just I don't know we're a bit sick of this bright shiny sound. So he also had uh, clarinet, and it wasn't a bass clarinet, but I think it was an alto. It's still like a long one with a sit sure, bell. Sure, sure. And Eric Dolphy. Oh, that was great. So that's that's what features, and uh, yeah, so that's as bassy as we get really. And then uh, before that, we heard uh, Sam Duke again with Edith's Kids, uh, another DJ Scotch egg remix. You do know you know anything about that tune, Edith's Kids? I don't know. You could ask that. Sam, but he's cooking the fish <laughs> right now. Yeah, so, the other one you caught so in your canoe fun. earlier. The one that kayak. Oh right, okay, get it right. But no, we didn't catch. There's cats in my harbor who fish out of kayaks. Probably more than paddlers. But uh, no, we were just we swam between them two piers. The mm. one pier, the west one, it's all burned up. Yeah, and then the one that's always been going. Yeah, the one that Sam must have told you the story about that what pier, that pier <laughs> ruined the other pier kind of thing. Yeah, someone on a boat chucked a flaming torch into the west pier, which is no, no the one that's now a skeleton. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I was here to play a gig four years ago, and it was much higher. It's been sinking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we paddled between them two and didn't have any chance for fishing. Saw a cormorant, Mm. saw a huge one, and I wasn't sure, was that a cormorant? And then I saw one that looked kind of like the ones we got, and they're from Asia, Mm. but they're getting around. Yeah. Wow. I didn't see any sea lions or uh, dolphins. Well, we got them where I live, Uh, but it was beautiful, and uh, you could go right off the beach. I didn't have to... You know, no shelter like uh, the harbor I do in Pedro. Sometimes I go in that open sea, but the waves are a little too... Mm. And this was calm enough where I yeah. could just put in like a pool. And the beach actually is rocks. So it's yeah. not like beach like you think of sand. Yeah, you have to go quite a long way to get sand. 
Uh, I miss sand. You know what? I like sand. Well, our sand in Pedro is actually from Catalina Island. They brought it over. (laughs) Just like in Waikiki, you know, that's from Santa Barbara. Right. Because that coral cuts your feet. In fact, you go out far enough in the water, you start getting your feet cut. Yeah, they just covered it all in sand. Yeah. So, um, most of the other Hawaii beaches, they don't have mm. They got the coral. It's very beautiful, but man, is it tough yeah. on, the, on the feet. Uh, then we uh, we started off that chunk there with the Kind Kind oh, yeah. by Hamilton Yards, and it, uh, an eight-minute opus. Oh, yeah. Well, that was, you know, that's a re- that's a proper story, really. That's, uh, that's as, a real as yarn. Place we get to a kind of proper yarn. And also, that was the first time Alistair sung, uh, which for me was a real, like, yes. You know, he's in there, and... And also, it was a turnaround for me because I actually tried recording the song with me singing it, and it somehow it didn't sound right. Um, and at that point, I think I'd realised Alistair's voice, at least for certain things, is is better than mine. And that some people might not like that, but I like that feeling. When he uh, he wrote the words? No, I wrote the words. You wrote the yeah. words, so you know the story. Yeah, yeah. What's the story? Um, What's the yarn? Well, the story is. Um, oh, how's it start? Not a good day. It well, the the refrain is God makes some harmony for God's sake. Um, so it's a kind of tragic tale of a character who just attempts various things. Um, quits his job in the church. I'm not sure where I got this idea from. I think my dad's dad is a vicar. And I think ah. He's a bit disillusioned with it all. Anyway. And he goes... Uh, Family business. Yeah, and he goes home and he sees his wife with someone else, with another man. So, you know, it's constantly this... He's kind of just saying, God, make some harmony for God's sake. You know, it's not really working out, despite all his his hard work in the church. And uh, and he goes down to the sea and he finds a boat and he, he rows out and uh, he sinks... That, uh, you, yeah, you like the story that one. Was it an accident? Um, yeah, it just gets choppy and yeah, yeah. Nasty it wasn't like there. he dumped himself yeah. out the boat. Um, but then God's oh God's will though maybe yeah, like yeah. The weather yeah. We see, um, yeah, make some harmony, and uh, God is constantly saying which kind you want. So yeah. this song's called the kind kind, and God says which kind you want. Do you want the kind kind or refined kind, the kind that creeps up from behind or just the kind that you recognise and I think for me at the time this idea of like harmony you know I'm not talking musically just like yeah, yeah, but you yeah. could do if you like um, being a very subjective idea of what's harmonious you know because if you look at just the way the world goes you know which kind of harmony you're talking about because maybe that is harmony you know if you, if you pan your sort of consciousness back and you look at things in kind of a, a wide, a big widescreen way, then maybe there's a lot of harmony. It's just there's a lot of niggly stuff that us humans would rather <laughs> happen differently. You know? What I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. So that, that was that was my little flash of. Trying it to wasn't a little. It was, it was probably the longest song you've made. Well, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of long songs, you picked John Coltrane doing Ascension. Yeah. Uh, quite a long song. What, what do you like about Ascension? Uh, the drums and the piano <laughs> right, right. but I tell you what else I like I mean I'm not a massive Coltrane fan although I have I bought stuff like when I was younger I bought records and I got really into it but then there came a point when my ears started 
sort of creeping past the saxophone into the, what was going on behind it and and I just I mean I love this frenetic sort of free jazz sort of drumming that that gets well you get that in Ascension certainly yeah, but yeah. also the, the less free stuff on these other um, recordings as well but that and the piano so uh, and I think with Ascension because everyone was doing everything at once the saxophone's not on top it's all it's really equaled out and you can go in any crack you like and weave in around and listen to details and stuff it's not it's not like a saxophone with a band behind it you know um, I mean that's that's not a reason to like the music. The no, music I think, is I think, great. I think John you know. Coltrane wanted that situation for mm-hmm. himself to be in. I can't see it being an accident. I think at times he wanted to be part part of the gang. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, big time. And um, big time, two bases. Mm. <laughs> uh, but I didn't know you were going to play the whole thing. But you know, great. Oh yeah. <laughs> No, no. Can't just press stop. Yeah, I, I don't think he. Uh, it turned his grave. You know, I think there was like EPs really? made, a five minute aside thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think I've seen them. Like Maybe Raymond out. had yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like ex- excerpts. Why? But I bet you that might have been maybe a label decision rather yeah, than yeah. his. God, but I don't know, man. I wish he was here. <laughs> Ask him. <laughs> Yeah, it was really weird when I first heard him and stuff. I didn't know he was dead. Mm-hmm. I thought, in fact, thought he was an older punk rocker. Yeah, because I didn't ever hear that kind of music. And then punk people turned mm-hmm. me on. Raymond turned me on to it, and I was like, "Well, I never heard stuff like this. I didn't know. I had no idea." Mm-hmm. Uh, I think within his scene, reading about stuff, he was pretty brave. I think he took a lot of blows for trying stuff mm. and not just doing tried and true formula so in that respect besides for me it's just beautiful I like that nerve mm. that he had there's a, some film thing of him playing a gig towards the end outside at a festival and there's this handful of people looking up at the stage I mean he, the saxophone wants to jump out of his hands it's just like almost like he's just trying to hold on to it the music is and these people are just looking at him like, what is, what's this about? Mm. Like somehow you need references. You can't just let go and let be and join. Mm. Whoa. Uh, you got some more music you're going to play for us yeah, here, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I suppose we could keep... What about the phase? Yeah, the, the phase after... Okay, that's, that's Alistair the starts singing. Yeah, well, the phase after that was yeah. actually... Um. Yeah, then the uh, the girl, he Caroline, he he does sing on that song. She's the voice of God in that. Um, she left, and we're a little bit, you know, unsure what to do. You know, oh, who can we get in? You know, what instrument? And but we just thought, should we just have a go, like the two of us? So we just both of us, and by this time we've been using the harmonium quite a lot, a uh, little portable pedal harmonium. Yeah, and um. It was really fun just seeing how many things you can do at once, and and so we did. We did like the next phase, if you like, was Mr. Jack phase, which is just me and Alistair together, um, and yeah, that that went on for a bit. Well, let's do something. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Live from Pedro Show. That was Hamilton Yarns with uh, "Into the Dark, Into the Dark Depths of the uh, Ocean." I got it right. And uh, we can you tell yeah. us something about that. So, well, it, it sounds like a recurring theme, isn't it? What with um, the guy in the other song sinking. Oh yeah, or yeah. further down the road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, maybe that's just living by the sea or something, and. A bit scared of the sea. I like it, but I think that's this preoccupation is this dark thing, deep thing that's quite uh, foreboding, but also, you know, exciting, sort of infinite. Blah, right. blah. Who joins you and Alistair on that one? Um, well, that, you see, this is, this is the phase, if you like, Mr. Jack, this was called, and it was the story, um, tenuous as it may be, but this, the whole album was a story about a swan who turned into a man and then back into a swan again and um, that song was the last song when he turns back into a swan <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know whether swan, what swans feel like about the dark depths of the ocean or whether he'd rather been on the village pond but you know he's, he's there and he's back as a swan and um, that was joined by it wasn't just me and Alistair we roped in a friend of ours Blue who moved into the house at the time and she came up with that refrain bam ba ba bam and um, kind of almost joking you know but I loved it so I got her to sing that uh, and Alistair does the main voice on that uh, so yeah by this point he's quite yeah he's up for it you know right. it's giving the words and um, well we both sing on it actually but you know he's in there um, yeah 
No, that's that's the story of that one, really. Uh, Shige might have been on it. Shige is Scott Joke because he was around at the time, and I know a couple of songs we got him to. Uh, at the end, there's a kind of sh- the shouting bit, kind of whooping and stuff. That was those of us in the room. Oh, cool! So, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So uh, that was fun. That was really fun doing that. You know, the the bass drum was like my heel against the floorboards. You know, it's, yeah. But it's got a good like. <laughs> Oh, blue style. <laughs> well, we're at the end of the second hour, June 9, 2008, while from Pedro Show, hold tight for hour three. Uh, June 9, 2008, it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. <laughs>
from Pedro's show. Oh, shit. There we go. Sorry about that. Um, that was No, uh, no Poets, uh, with a Z there, and Ringo. And we start off the third hour with Come the Weird by Hamilton Yards. And with me is Ian. And I have to apologize because I said at the beginning of this hour that was the ninth, but actually it's the tenth. It's the next day, and we're, gonna, and we're finishing up uh, Watt from Pedro show here in Brightening. The same pad. In fact, I'm in the same seat, but it is day later. <laughs> we do have almost same sun weather, though, huh? Yeah, yeah. A little bit more cloudy. That means what? Hell's on the way? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. yeah. I think it's coming. So. <laughs> For Isle of Wight. <laughs> so I get it poured on. Um, yeah, come the weird. Come the weird. Yeah, well, that was uh, just like a little instrumental tune. Come the weird. It's after Mr. Jack. Yeah, well, this th- at this point, um, we'd recruited a couple more. A uh, couple of people who lived in our house, actually. I lived in my house, because I don't live in the same house as Alistair. So, Blue, who was on Mr. Jack a little bit, and Joss, who plays the accordion. So we're now like a four-piece, almost oh. like a band, you know. <laughs> Are you doing gigs? Yeah, yeah. I mean, throughout all this time, we, you know, we play regularly, and um, I think partly the reason we regularly record a whole new, you know, album or we go into a new phase is because after a couple of times playing the same set, it feels almost like a theatre show. Like, okay what are we going to do next what's the next story right, so right. we come up with a whole new set you know right, set right. of songs you don't music. want to beat it into the ground no no um, I mean sometimes it can get a bit extreme you play something once it's like okay what are we going to do next time <laughs> but it, only once yeah yeah no normally a couple of times you know okay. but um, yeah but luckily we seem to be able to just come up with new stuff each time and this was a new phase which was uh, the showboat over and yeah I'm not sure what the showboat this recurring theme yeah because I brought up this movie with yeah. Emma Gardner and you yeah, said yeah. you haven't seen it I know it. I should I should see it really but for me it it's was kind of like it's bizarre it's bizarre because it's a period in US history that's kind of strange mm. in fact some people wanted the movie like taken out of uh, like school situations, it's kind of embarrassing. Mm. But I think it it's, it just reflects the times, and you gotta have that stuff because mm. uh, you can look back. I mean, like <laughs> going through the, the plantation, you know, and the carriages and the, little, the slave people are laughing and singing mm. and working. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this insane thing, you know. But I'm a big Ava Gardner fan, so. I'm, you know, you know uh, Night of the Guana? No, I don't know. Yeah, Richard Burton. Yeah. Yes, yeah. No, she's, she was intense. I think she's the lady who broke uh, Frank Sinatra's heart. Right. Oh, so you know that. Okay. <laughs> but she's a good actress. Good actress. So, but your showboat, yeah. you got a hyphen in there, too. Showboat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, comma over. So, uh, I mean, that... that came actually from one of the songs that ended up on the album was this long uh, kind of automatic writing rhyming sort of rap type thing actually oh. you played you played that song it was called yeah. all, all the low notes 
and there's one line in it turn the showboat over uh, so that just came from just doing that spontaneous writing rhyming stuff but, oh, but I think okay. for me what it meant was it was really about this house which I lived in and I'm still here <laughs> you know I've, I've the house is a showboat well it's so covered in windows and sometimes oh, yeah, especially yeah. in the winter it feels like you're just this big kind of cruise liner or something because the streets at night especially when they're empty you know it's uh, yeah and those times when it felt kind of bleak here like you know, I just really wanted to turn this showboat over, like push it over into the sea, kind of, you know, <laughs> escape. But, um, and I suppose in some ways, like the house had been a good centre of creativity in a really low key kind of way, you know. Yeah, Just yeah. living around Sam and other people who lived here and it was it was really fun, there was always music going on and stuff, but maybe at that point I just wanted to push it all over, you know, the showboat over and I st- yeah so it kind of maybe the excitement and spontaneity of the Mr Jack phase you know where we were just playing around and suddenly maybe it felt a responsibility having these other people join and but it's it's still positive and come the weird I guess that was the weird is just like nature you know the weird and the wonderful yeah, yeah. the wonder wonderment and uh um yeah, so I just I just like that. Perry once told me about keeping the child's eye, and mm. it was like being infantile or uh, fake naive. But the, the wonder, mm. the the disease of being curious, mm. <laughs> keeps a, a spark going and keeps the cynicism at bay and hubris and just keep you from a place where you can't learn anymore because you think mm. you've got it all figured out mm. and I think having the, the wonder the, the sense mm. of being able to have wonder about things something strange yeah. different so I think you have to be ready on it or or, or weird will be uh, uh, threat fear mm. and it won't be uh, igniter of wonder so what's this a threat to me yeah. I have to deal with this in a defensive yeah, abusive way. Yeah, whereas if you kind of backing it, backing it on, it's like, right, right. come on, I'm ready for what, change. What street is this? It's like called Oxford Place. Oxford Place. Yeah, and we're the only house on this street. I don't wow. know if you notice. You're over the, the um, funeral director. Funerary. Yeah. <laughs> we call them uh, mortuary. What do you call? Them? We call Mortuary. Mortuaries. Oh yeah, that's a bit more morbid, isn't it? But yeah, you prepare bodies. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, we got one in Pedro with McNerney's. But it's very peaceful. Yeah, I imagine. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not... I mean, it's better than living above, um, I don't know, a cafe, burger bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, Sam was... We, we went up on the roof, you know? And he said, there's a skylight there. And yeah. One of your buds fell through this. Yeah. And he got saved by... He fell into a casket? Well, he didn't fall into it. That would have been great. But um, I've got a photo looking down the hole, and it's all, like, wires and plasterboard all broken and tangled and then at the bottom there's this stack of coffins with sort of chalky fingerprints on and I took that after he'd fallen through so he was kind of saved because there, there was this high stack of coffins high stack of else coffins else he would have hit the ground right know? right but yeah we love the idea that it would have been open and it, oh, yeah. it could have closed on him <laughs> as he fell in you know <laughs> yeah whenever you're on roofs people watch out for skylights and maybe not sit on them yeah <laughs> 
Okay, so the band now has got four people. Yeah, I've got Joss, um, Jocelyn, and Blue, and me and Alex did still. Right, right, right. Um, and uh, yeah, we did. We kind of the phases before that. We we toyed with lots of piano and harmonium and stuff. And this was going a little bit back to kind of some bare kind of bare bones of like guitar and bits of singing but also lots of little incidental moments and clattering around and tour do you guys get in the boat uh, van and not really we um we play if people ask us to play we'll we'll go and play yeah so but you never really... set up a month of gigs no no did you ever yeah I'd like to you know I mean that's maybe that's what that song that I played at the start Ready Steady Go yeah yeah Envy so Sam's off it's the Sam's tour world (laughs) Uh, oh yeah we never told them uh, but Sam is a drummer banjo guitar uh, bass Mm. he plays a lot of things in the Go team and I don't think we ever mentioned (laughs) no (laughs) but that that, that takes Sam away from the uh, Showboat here <laughs> from time to time. And we started the show with uh, the Ready Set Go. That's about Sam's adventure life. Watt has a little bit knowledge of that. Uh, this is my maybe 68th tour. Yeah. <laughs> Doing it for a little while. <laughs> and uh, But you don't have the perspective. When you're part of it, or you can get too mired in it, I guess. But somebody looking on the outside always, I think, has a better sense of it. My friends in Pedro, you know, I leave mm. and come back and stuff. And for me, you know, hey, I'm back in the town. And for them, it's like, whoa. And then after a while, it's just the normal thing. You're gone. You're here. When are you here? When are you mm-hmm. gone? For me, it's very concrete when I'm here, when I'm back in my town. Mm-hmm. Man, it's, I love it. But I have to go on the mission. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to do the, do uh, Don Quixote. <laughs> I have to sally forth, you know. You roam, but then you roost. Mm. So for me, it's very concrete, and uh, but it's kind of illusory to other people. They they can't count on when I'm home, when I'm not, and so maybe yeah, it's just so much different than their life. But it takes a lot of different kinds of people. I don't think everybody's got torn in them. Mm. Some people, because I've seen this, some people can only do it so long, and they have to stop. Other people, I can't stop. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd like um, like to do a tour of villages or oh, rural um, spots because yeah. I'm not really into cities, but I love the countryside. You know, that would be great. I don't know what it's like uh, growing up in probably. Sam told me he drove a book mobile. Oh right, yeah, yeah. And he would visit the towns because kids end up with nothing to do, mm. so so they don't get in trouble and stuff. You come with the youth wagon or yeah. something, yeah. and you, give, <laughs> you know, because uh, he knew how to drive uh, trucks from his pops yeah. at work, you know. And so that would have been an interesting, <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah. interesting I, mean, I think you can romanticize the countryside, and I think there's, I've got a tendency living in a town quite a busy time to romanticise it but you know you talk to the cats from there it's like man yeah yeah well that's it they want it they want to get in the time yeah Yeah, it's kind of like that in US too uh, small I mean we won't have the little villages so much but we got what we would call smaller towns Mm. 
but it's it's a relative thing in yeah, a way yeah. they're just as hooked up because of the TV but mm. in their mind I'm not really living unless I'm in San Francisco or right. but someone once told me uh, wherever you go there you are yeah that's right yeah. and how much <coughs> can you change on the outside to change it's on the inside yeah. but there there I've seen the artistic people from different paths have come to one town and bring an energy mm. like the cats who come to the house to play with you here yeah. in the yards if you're all in those separate towns I'm pitching all these cats these fairy cats <laughs> it'd be hard for you to I come like together to make the yards <laughs> 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 so there's a good, good and bad and kind of thing well maybe with the internet we can stay in our little villages and flow yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because there comes a thing too about living so close on each other in the city, we get dehumanized by that. Mm. Close enough to do gigs, and then close enough to really get on each other's nerves. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's all fraught with danger. <laughs> yeah. So do we go to the next phase, or you want to do uh, another song from the? Uh, yeah. What, what phase? The showboat. Showboat over. Showboat over. Yeah. Um, yeah. This I, I can play something else. Okay.
stop Though you can't see a lot It's the long
Watch from Pedro's show <laughs> again with the monitor on. Sorry about that. Here at the end, and uh, let's see. We just heard uh, "Walking In" by Hamilton Yards. Yeah, yeah. Um, Walking in. Hmm. Yeah, that was that was. Uh, it's funny we're talking about remixes. Yeah, we? like how weird. It we did is. a couple uh, of Sam songs with the DJ yeah, Scotch yeah. Egg remix. But we, I, there's been various times when we've got really into kind of not exactly remixing our own music, but certain things like something that starts with a song and has a guitar and various sounds on top, like removing the guitar and seeing what you're left with. Oh you yeah, know? and um, so like really a version. Doing that. Yeah, uh, but that ends up then ends up that being the the definitive. Sort of finished version of that song, you know, um, and I'm not sure if that's how that walking in came about, but it's got that feel. I think it might have started off as something that was going into something, but in the end, yeah, just a cornet. That that was great, just the drone, you know, and yeah. And uh, this is part of the next phase. Yeah, it is. Yeah, which the next phase after show Bodo. Yeah, which we've. Well, we've been there before. Search for the Underwater Town, which was Future Man and Primal Man. And this is off Primal Man. This was like the first introduction to that side, if you like. Okay. Um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, this... How's the band different? It's it's the same. Yeah, it's the same, actually. Same people doing, yeah. doing it different. Doing it quite differently in that a lot of what this album was made of was kind of like what I was just explaining in a way but also little incidental moments uh, I think like as we've gone through you know like the, the sort of history of being in this group the things that we've started getting more attracted to like me and Alistair is these moments in between the songs especially playing live because uh, a lot of the time when we play live we'll have the songs if you like and then we'll have ways of getting from one song to song so finding a way of shifting that or holding something like keeping the rhythm going or keeping the drone going and because um, we like the idea that there's no place to stop and break the, break the spell, spell or whatever <laughs> um, which I suppose if you're enjoying it it's nice if you're not it might be kind of frustrating you know? <laughs> give me a break yeah. no no but, um, but yeah increasingly we were just more and more attracted to these moments and it was like you know oh, never mind the song what about this in between bit interlude so I think when we did this Search for the Underwater Town although there are obviously defining moments that you could say that's a song that lasts a few minutes they're they're all kind of interspersed with these moments you know which might be sort of a minute long or 30 seconds and uh, I think these are the bits that i at the time anyway these are the bits that I liked okay. best and some of it was re- going out and recording stuff like um, I don't know if you probably didn't make it up to that but you know where the pier is in Brighton the, the old pier yeah on the paddle the, boat yeah well on the right side of that you've got all these boats um, west of it yeah yeah and uh, sort of on the mast you've got these clacking and <laughs> the oh, wind right. um, so we recorded things like that and went out and it's the pulleys on the lines yeah yeah, but it's amazing ringing sound because they're hollow sort of metal Um, so we did a lot of going out with a 
a recorder, you know, and taking bits and then coming home and adding bits and bobs to it. Um, so it's yeah, it's a big jump from playing the guitar and and the cornet and writing a song, and also this these yarns are very sort of unliteral. There's not that many words in them. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of where it went. More instrumental. Yeah, yeah. It's so the incidental, like um, I don't know, the way that we thought of it was like a play or something, but without any actors. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we heard some instrumental um, traditional music from Japan, from uh, Yakum Goto Society, and a tune called Izugawa, and then. We heard two Hamilton Yarn song, Badger Tangle, mm. which was kind of like maybe an interlude. Yeah, piece, yeah. And then Beachy Head, which is a place down the road a bit, huh? Yeah, it's, it's a cliff. It's people like to leap off. Yeah, popular spot for people who've, who've had enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, big kind of high, high point, chalky white cliff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you often hear people someone's jumped off or, it's uh, it's like seven sisters they call it um, the seven sort of humps right right uh, when you're at the start of it you can see it curving around these sort of seven bumps wow um, and I, th- I think Beachy Head is, is just beyond that so it's a big stretch of kind of sheer sort of white cliff and what inspired the tune um, the cliff the leaping the leap the leaping <laughs> I guess uh because that's what you know. That's what the words are about, and, and one of the lines is "women roll, men run and jump." Because apparently, oh. I mean, this guy you say who was filming Golden Gate Bridge. I'd be interested to know if anyone did roll. Because apparently, the the story goes that a percentage of women roll off, whereas more men run and jump. And I don't know how true that is. Oh wow! I never thought of rolling off a yeah. cliff. Because me, I get vertigo sometimes yeah. to look over a cliff. I have to get on my stomach and yeah, because yeah. I'm so afraid. Well, maybe it's. I've never thought of like rolling off. Maybe it starts like lying on your stomach and then they just kind of creep, creep on over. <laughs> like, or maybe it's a forward roll. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, Cartwheel. Oh man, it's weird. Last radio show, oh, because there was a there was a jump in while we were doing the show. The ambulances. And fire trucks we heard but there was some talk uh, the guests on the show where all of a sudden got into this suicide talk mm. cliff jumping and now here we have two yeah yeah I sp- I'd, pretty I'd, psychic I know I'd, it's quite a gruesome topic but it's a local <laughs> spot it's a really lovely spot yeah yeah really yeah. nice um, same with our cliffs they're not always used for jumping on yeah <laughs> probably less than just looking yeah, and having yeah, a look over but People, when you're on when you're on your own up there, especially I don't know, sort of in the autumn time or something, yeah. and it's a windy day, which is a really lovely time to go walking there because it's quiet. You know, it's more it's quite desolate, quite bleak really. And you know, if someone spots you, they they're definitely giving you the eye, like, "What are you doing near the edge? So don't do it." <laughs> don't do it. Um, yeah, but I I always thought. You know, like in the song, it says it's a long way round. It's the long way round. Um, I don't know. What about the badger tangle? Badger tangle. Well, that was just like a big, big tangle of kind of 
percussion and got Richard in playing his alto clarinet. So he comes back. Yeah, well, he was in, he was just in town for a few days, so it was like, right, <laughs> wow, <laughs> going to re- get you on here, you know? Right, right. Uh, so now this is the primal man. Well, um, well, no, actually, the no. she had was from Shabat. No, but yeah, from that. Phase, yeah, yeah. But walking in. Yeah, that's primal from this man. primal man phase. But then there's the modern man. Well, there's primal man. Which is one one of the CDs, and then yeah. the other is Future Man. Future Man, modern. yeah. Sorry, <laughs> is, is Future Man another phase or no? No, they, they the were same all thing? the same. It's just that we just recorded as much of the music that we'd been making. All right, to, but let's hear some Future Man. Okay, okay. Thank you. 
Pompito show. That was a uh, one hand in the casket, something off uh, Future Man, mm-hmm. Hamilton Yarns. Yeah, another interlude. Boy, it was actually, and that was uh, yeah that that bit of music so it belonged to another song, and that was a good example of what happens when you take the piano away and you're left with the bits. And I really like the bits, the bits and bobs. So that was like one track of. Um, yeah, like an act, almost like an outtake or something. Really. And then we heard two from uh, the underwater. Yeah, yeah. Which, which that's. I know it sounds confusing, but Future Man, Prime Man are part of Search for the Underwater Town. Search for the Underwater Town. Yeah, and um, and we heard uh, Industrial Revolt, and before that, Wade Across yeah. the Paddock. Well, Wade Across the Paddock. That was that was a re- like a mini disc recording of um, some kids doing a like a parade in Lewis, which is a town nearby. And which is a spot called the paddock. It is a paddock, and they do have horses on there. It was just them shouting, and also um, there's like a steel pan band that the local school, their steel pan band, played. steel pan band. And it's, it's funny because earlier you played a song um, called Ringo, didn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's the song on Wade Across the Paddock played on the steel pans. I just really loved it. I didn't know what it was. To me, it was just like this abstract kind of oddity, and I asked the teacher who who was like teaching these kids the steel pans um, what it was and she said it was Yellow Submarine which is a Ringo (laughs) song but it doesn't sound like it at all I I just I love it and you've got the sign of everyone in the park but we just added um, Alistair's Cornet to that he just played this really subliminal quiet line along with it and then I kind of brought in this sort of I know Casio keyboard sound also quite subtle but you know and and chopped it up and repeated bits um, which is a lot of fun so yeah that was in the paddock and then Industrial Revolt yeah Industrial Revolt um, yeah that's that was like yeah a lot of these it shows how how we're sort of sharing the task of coming up with the ideas now because that, that's <laughs> the burden the burden yeah because <laughs> that was Alistair's uh, ditty Industrial Revolt and yeah we just kind of stuck lots of things on top of it and you know there's kind of a the Hamilton Yarns has just under the surface an industrial angst <laughs> well that I actually wrote loads of words for that although it's an instrumental yeah. there, are, there are lots of words that exist um, and it was kind of the image of these sort of worker bees the hive? The hive, yeah, you know, busy at work whilst the kind of beekeeper takes all the honey and, <laughs> you know, so there's lots of... And I've the, always thought about that, what if the bees are thinking? Yeah, get lost, <laughs> so honey. There's a real problem with bees in the US now. Yeah. Maybe up to a, a quarter of them disappeared. Really? Dying off. Uh. And some people say... I, don't, I think it was Albert Einstein mm. when you lose the bees watch out humanity yeah. you ain't got much yeah. left because well, it's such a component of the ecosystem yeah. of the pollination well also when you introduce um, hives they're, they're not um, those bees aren't native to that that place and they will dominate and they will drive out invasive yeah the the bees you know the, but, the ones that are um Keeping that EK system. So yeah. Going. Uh, I saw some uh, paddling. I saw some cormorants. Mm. 
and they're these fisher birds from Asia and they're I love them but they yeah. say well nature nature takes a lot of time to make balances when yeah. you just introduce things yeah you kind of tumble up the apple cart but this is the bees with the pollination besides the honey they're very involved with agriculture yeah so it's a big problem it's kind of scary I think, I think something about the frogs there's a, a, a certain species of frogs are disappearing people right. say these are alarm bell wake up bells yeah like something's up if you're losing these kinds of things other people say don't worry <laughs> <laughs> you know you, you're alarmist <laughs> I don't know what's next for Hamilton next? Yards well next is you know that's we haven't we've got a whole set a whole new set that we've been playing for the last the next phase yeah and it doesn't have a name but generally what we do we'll be playing a set for you know six months or something and then we'll record it and we won't go back oh you never you never start a phase with a recording no it's always a culmination of some because we write the music and then we get around to recording it and in the meantime we'll be playing it live okay but um so we've got a backlog but what we what we have done which is really fun we've um we've been revisiting old stuff oh wow yeah because it's much more portable having an acoustic guitar and, <laughs> and a few bits of percussion in the cornet you know right 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 rather than trolleying loads of gear up on the train you know to London or whatever we just sort of put it in the rucksack <laughs> and uh, so that's been really nice Even, and Marion who lives here inevitably she's been raped in right right you know, part of the new phrase earlier. yeah so yeah, we'll see. see what, and I, I think we I'm really enjoying moving away from... We had a phase of doing a lot of kind of quite gnarly, spooky, uh, scrapey, sort of discordant stuff. And uh, going back to the old stuff has made us just be a bit more like, oh, just like... Some nice tonality? D major, you know. <laughs> Some tonality. Yeah, <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> No, it's all very interesting, and uh, Ian, I really want to thank you for being on the show. Oh, it's pretty and good. For Thanks. me, it was quite an honor to, to focus a whole lot from Pedro's show on well, Hamilton yeah, Yards. It's, it's great. And uh, I wish you a lot of success. I can't wait to hear the recording. I guess it'll be a few months down the road. Yeah. But Sam tells me you're quite dependable on something coming up every few months, so <laughs> I look forward to it. Please flow it to me. Yeah, yeah, play definitely. It. And the best, the best of luck with the proj and uh, give my regards to the rest of the yarn yeah yarners <laughs> uh, especially Alster yeah too bad we didn't get to have him uh, yeah I know oh, well, that's okay it. he'll hear it yeah so this is for you Alster <laughs> uh, it's a June actually it's June 10th but it was the June 9th 2008 from Pedro show from Brighton England keep your powder dry <laughs>